Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. The time has come. Execute Order 66. Yes, my lord. Our 20 kicks off just after Anakin has been minted, Darth Vader, and the one who is going to carry out all of the, the, the violence against the Jedi, um, enact the uh, mutiny against the Jedi, and uh, in this case, Palpatine executes Order 66, which is where the clone troopers are to assassinate all of the Jedi currently battling within the Clone Wars. Yes, so we cut to uh, initially. Um, you have Anakin storming alongside all the other clones as they good st- shot as they storm the Jedi Temple. We get a nice, like, solid twelve seconds of Anakin marching. It's some of the best cinematog- cinematography in the movie. It's 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 excellent. It's awesome. And then we get a montage of Jedi either dying or, in this case of Yoda and Obi Wan. Um, barely coming out with their lives and having to escape from a bunch of situations where the clones have turned on them as Palpatine has contacted them with the message of execute order 66. Padme is very nervous that because she's she's aware of this attack that happened at the Jedi Temple. She thinks that maybe Anakin is in trouble, possibly dead. She breaks down a little bit later. She gets a, a visit from... Well, that's kind of jumping ahead that she gets a visit from Obi-Wan. No, she gets a visit from Anakin. She mm. gets a visit from Anakin, who, uh, of course, has just committed some of these heinous acts, such as murdering the younglings. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's very happy to see that he's okay. He tells her what is essentially the truth, but he kind of spins it on its head uh, in favor of the Chancellor. He says, my allegiance lies with the Chancellor. The Jedi have turned on us, but I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. And then he sets out to... Uh, Well, I guess go after Obi-Wan. No, so he goes to Mustafar to kill all the Separatist leaders first. Right. And so as he's going there to essentially do the thing he's been craving to do, he's been assigned a task by the most powerful person in the galaxy to go strut your stuff, be an amazing Jedi, and kill all the bad guys. Yes. The thing he's been asking for his entire life just was given to him on a silver platter. But the bad guys are not the bad guys. Well, they're the bad guys. They're still bad guys. And... He does a cool job. Enters the room, closes the doors with the force. Oh, the viceroy, you mean? Yes. Yeah, and slaughters all the separatist leaders. That was cool. It was very, very cool. Um, meanwhile, Obi-Wan uh, and Yoda uh, had kind of gathered with Bail Organa uh, and then broken apart as Bail Organa went to a Senate meeting that he was called to by Palpatine and Masamita. Uh, and then Yoda and Obi-Wan have, are storming the Jedi Temple uh, because they feel, well, if there's a big Senate meeting going on right now, this is going to be our only shot to... Uh, pull away the beacon message that is luring Jedi back to that temple to be killed. They check the security footage that is Obi-Wan does because he wants to see exactly who it is who came in here and killed all these people. Yoda's like, don't look. You don't want to see it. And Obi-Wan's like, I've got to see it. He learns that it's Anakin who has, I guess, turned to the dark side. Uh, Yoda says, look, we got to kill the Sith. Obi-Wan says, don't make me kill Anakin. Send me after Palpatine. I'll kill him. Don't make me kill Anakin. And Yoda's like, you got to do what you got to do. Mm. So Obi-Wan goes to Padme's apartment. Yes. And so he knows that the only way he's going to be able to find Anakin uh, is to go to the person who he knows he's the only person who's closer with Anakin than him. Right. And that would be Padme. Uh, and so he goes. They have a bit of a confrontational discussion. He knows she's in denial, but he has to break it to her gently that he's gone to, that Anakin's gone to the dark side. He also acknowledges to Padme that he understands she's pregnant and that uh, Anakin is likely the father and that he's very sorry that the circumstances have put this in the position where he may have to go and kill Anakin. 
Anakin is the father, isn't he? I'm so sorry. Does he just know because Obi-Wan has great intuition? Is it a force thing or is she like showing? Well, she's showing. Oh, is she? Oh my God, she's showing in that I scene. I mean, I guess, yeah, she's almost had the baby. But it, that's the only scene she's showing ever. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, is, she, <laughs> does she, is she pregnant for nine months? Does it work the same in the galaxy far, far away? Because nobody's talking about this weird scandal where the unmarried Senator Padme Amidala is, well, she, is pregnant. She and does wear ridiculous clothes a lot of the time, so there's good you're right. chances where she could have hidden it. You're right. Uh, but in this scene, it's very clear that she's pregnant, and... There are absolutely points uh, throughout the Clone Wars that show Obi-Wan knows. Like, he gets it. Okay. He, he knows that there's something going on there that... With Anakin. That pro- yeah, probably shouldn't be. Oh. Uh, you but, think he would have interfered on that more? Uh, he drops hints to Anakin of, like, that's not good. Don't yeah. do it. Um, and obviously, he didn't realize how far it had gone. Right. Um, but that's just another kind of nail in the coffin for him it's just like oh my god are you kidding me not only do i have to kill my best friend my brother right i have to now leave his unborn yeah, children she's without knocked out a, a father yeah okay here's my in hot the take. most messed up galaxy like imaginable here's my hot take about this 20 hayden christensen better actor than ewan mcgregor in this 20 absolutely ewan mcgregor's not a good actor in this 20 he is terrible in this 20 and so is natalie portman yeah, well, she's bad a lot. Yeah, that, but he's usually the, the the gravity of of true good acting in this series, and he does a very poor job with Padme. He also does a pretty poor job when he's watching the security footage. Yes, but mostly with the Padme conversation. Anakin has turned to the dark side. You're wrong. How could you even say that? I have seen a security hologram of him. Killing younglings. That particular scene is acted horribly. It's he a kind r- of, he's not shook up enough. Like I know the most famous scene in this movie is later when he's truly emotional over Anakin yeah. and that's beautiful and devastating. But like when he first sees Anakin killing those younglings on the security footage, that should have made him cry. Like he should have been like more in denial himself in yeah. spite of what he was seeing. Instead he was just like, oh no, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's really lacking. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It should be, he should have the same reaction that Padme does. Right. But sell it better. Yeah. Uh, and it, like Yoda's reaction, CGI Yoda mm-hmm. gives a better performance. He does. Uh, Frank Oz can convey it with his voice, the <laughs> sadness better than Obi-Wan can with his face. Right. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a weak point. Uh, it's kind of one that you forget a little bit about because, like you said, like my favorite moment in all of Star Wars is Obi-Wan's emotional reaction to yeah. Anakin turning to the dark side. Right. We know you're capable of doing it. It's just this is his, the initial reaction. And I guess partly it's disbelief. Like, maybe he's not having such a visceral reaction because it's like, well, I mean, I I know what I'm seeing, but there's something I'm just not getting. There must be like... Exactly. I get the, please don't make me kill Anakin. He's like my brother. That's very natural. Mm. But he is going about it anyway. He's following orders. He's not really hesitating at all. Because of who Obi-Wan is. I guess. That's... Obi-Wan is the... He's the perfect mistake. Mm -hmm. He is exactly what the Jedi asked him to be. He is exactly what the Force has asked him to be, and he has done nothing but fail. Right. He's just done nothing but fail, and he's done nothing 
that was against what he was like told in terms of he followed the orders of everybody. He followed the wishes of Qui-Gon. He did all these things right, and he listened to the Jedi. But I even have that down as an interesting point in here is because his willingness to just go and do this and just listen to Yoda, it could be even a downfall here. I mean, it's without a doubt a downfall, Obi-Wan's overall just by the bookness yeah. is because it just it didn't work with Anakin. But specifically, Obi-Wan is one of the best defensive duelists in the galaxy. Right. He could last against Sidious. That's what I was going to ask you next. Yoda tells him, no, you are not strong enough to go up against Sidious. And I wasn't convinced by that. But more importantly, I'm of the mindset that he isn't powerful enough to go up against Sidious. But Yoda going up against Sidious... It's kind of like, if you have certain bets to place, why put potentially your best player up against the other team's best player if you think the other team's best player might be slightly better than your best player? And you lose your best player. And what if their second best player is slightly better than your second best player? Right. Then you lose twice. But if you send your best player against their second best player, you're going to win. Guaranteed to win. Anakin 100% would have lost to Yoda as well. Yeah. 100%. He had a chip on his shoulder with Yoda, and Yoda was so, like, all of the reasons why Obi-Wan won, Yoda would have been able to do too, because Yoda had part in training Anakin in the same way that he would have been able to predict his movements. Yoda was lightning fast, and Yoda would have known that Anakin was going to do the arrogant high ground jump. And so Yoda, I believe, 100% would have beat Anakin and finished the job. Yeah. And then from there, Obi-Wan... Maybe he lasts against Sidious. Maybe not. Right. But if he does, then Yoda can go and then join in. And maybe they can both take down Sidious. Or if Obi-Wan dies, then you can go and attack Sidious Yoda. Plus, is there not, at least with an Obi-Wan, some remaining hope that we can uh, rehabilitate Anakin away from these evil inclinations? Well, that's the only thing you have to hope because Yoda is supposed to have lost faith here. Yes. He, yeah. Yoda does not have faith anymore in Anakin. True. He, it is gone. True. So it doesn't make sense that he would want Obi-Wan to go and try and save Anakin. Bring him back. In yeah. that sense. The goal is to destroy Anakin. Yeah. Obi-Wan is not the right person to go send to do that. No, of course. That's just mean. That's yeah. just cruel to Obi-Wan. Exactly. Like, I can't kill my... Well, you know what, Yoda? He couldn't. But he's and he should have. He's also pretty short-staffed. Yeah. At this moment. Yo, and that's not a, a comment on his short staff. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it, actually, I do have to say that was a, a good moment when he drops his cane. Um, yeah. And the, then has to pull his lightsaber and decapitate the two clone troopers. That is a cool ass moment. By the way, I think it's the most violent thing we see Yoda do in all of Star Wars. The most violent thing, we, you mean him and Obi-Wan versus those clone troopers or when he's... Because that's the most violent he is. No, when, when he decapitates those two guys because they're creeping up on him. Oh, I don't know. He jumps on the, the shoulders of a storm of a clone trooper and stabs him through the stomach a few seconds later. I guess. Like, he's like acrobatting, like just decapitating. <laughs> he goes crazy. That is a cool little snapshot scene. That, it's okay. It's I, okay. I, I kind of prefer him as a pacifist. I, I get. I do. I get him having to, to protect himself. Yeah. And they're just clones. But we've talked before about how I think we see a little bit too much Yoda action. Yes, I agree. And I, th I just, 
I'm okay with it for Revenge of the Sith. They should have just dialed it back prior to this point. I agree. But yeah, we have a lot of things to kind of talk about within the episode. We uh, really do. So before we went on mic, we talked about how uh, Padme, in spite of her being overall pretty terrible in this in this 20, she has perhaps the best line of the 20 and one of the best lines in all of Star Wars. So this is how Liberty dies. With thunderous applause. Now, in 2019, and since 2016, it actually has, and I hate to bring this up, but mm-hmm. it, it has some more oh, yeah. resonant uh, reflections to our culture. Previously, I might have said, I don't understand why they're so on board with the first ever Galactic Empire. How is it not more obvious to all of these people that he is conning them and he just wants power? Mm-hmm. Um but I guess it's it's not obvious to everybody. Do you know what that uh, speech is based off of? Uh, Hitler? Yeah. Yeah. It feels very Hitler-y. Yeah, it's based off a specific speech that Hitler gave that got him, uh, like, essentially lim- unlimited power for right. Germany in control. Right. He essentially was just like, well, we got to clean up our act. Mm-hmm. We got to unite. And then <laughs> we all know what happened. I know. But, like... Right, we're going to reorganize our system into but the like, first ever galactic empire. Absolutely. It just feels so on the nose. Well, no, but it's the same thing. And like you said, that's happening today. You have, if you can put enough, like... Fear. Fear into a, into a room and you can t- spin a lie that people want to hear. And convince them that you know how to fix it. Yeah, exactly. And only you. Yeah. And I think we've just kind of learned that it happens. Of, yeah, there's a lot of dumb people out there who believe things they shouldn't. The attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed, but I assure you, my resolve has never been stronger. It's a pretty good line. It is a good line, but it, it doesn't work with all of Star Wars. Why is that? Because he, like, and I know this is something that's been added on kind of throughout canon as it's expanded on, but his deformities are not shown much beyond this point. Okay. To the rest of the galaxy, yeah, publicly he doesn't. Yeah, go to the rest public. of the galaxy, they never see his deformities. This is really the only time he ever shows them, and he just shows them to the Senate. Yeah, but that could be understood. That could just be kind of written off as he's deformed and yep. is ashamed to come out in public. But yeah. he's protecting us, our emperor. Uh, and there's one other f- element that's interesting about uh, kind of the arrogance of Palpatine in that scene. Uh, he is wearing specific ancient Sith robes. Oh wow! Uh, in like the red garments, just knowing that. Said I've been around for over a thousand years. No one in this room is gonna know it, but I'm gonna wear it because I know it, and it's hilarious. They're bougie robes. They look heavy on. Yeah, they do look heavy. So the viceroy have always known that he's Lord Sidious. Obviously, who knows, stupid viceroy. Well, they call him Lord Sidious. They've been calling him that. Sorry, Lord Sidious. Yes, Uh, but they don't know that that means Darth Sidious. Except then he called. Who knows if they think that's Palpatine or not? I mean, the hood doesn't do a whole lot. They're so dumb, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I, I I I hate the viceroy. Uh, and as a child, I didn't understand who they were or why no. they were crucial to the story. Um, I do think that Vader killing them was kind of underserved. I, I think they kind of gloss over it. Like you mentioned before, it was like cool that he's just wreaking havoc in that sealed throne room or whatever. And that's fine. But I think we could have seen them whimper a little bit more, beg and plead for their lives. But Anakin's not going up against anyone there. Right. And it's not that perfect Vader hallway walk where he's deflecting blaster fire but let's face it, it's not a contest. He's right. just like Anakin is not going up against anything really other than like one or two blasters no. from a battle droid. There's no stakes. Battle droids are useless. It need there needed to be some form of I mean it didn't need to be grievous, 
But there needed to be something that Anna, that was slightly impressive that Anakin could have just butchered. I guess. Because there's nothing impressive about what he does. No. It's terrifying to the people in the room, I'm sure, but it's not impressive. I just mean we've seen these Viceroy for three movies now, and they've always been around, and we've always kind of wanted to see them get killed. Yeah. But it does. It just happens really quickly. We don't really see their faces when they die. They just kind of get slashed, and they fall over and go, oh! Yeah. And the scene is over. Probably to maintain the ratings. Yeah, maybe that's true. Although he had just butchered some younglings. I mean, that also isn't showed on screen, shown on screen, but like it's implied when his oh, lightsaber yeah. comes on. And then they come back and they show the dead bodies of all the kids on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I didn't remember. You don't remember that? I don't remember seeing the bodies of the kids. Well, then Yoda's line is, killed not by clones this Padawan, by a lightsaber he was. Right. Just a, like a disturbing it's realization. Brutal. But it makes sense as to why Obi-Wan was curious. I mean, they know, like, who the fuck... Grievous had the four lightsabers, so it would have made sense, but Obi-Wan just killed him. Yeah. Like, who the hell is this? Exactly. To them, there's one Sith, and they're finding out now that it's Palpatine, but... Also, why isn't it on the books that the Sith are back? Like, before Mace Windu and those three other Jedi left to go arrest Palpatine, how come they didn't, like, put that in a file somewhere... So that Yoda would put it like an APB or just be. <laughs> yeah, we're not just gonna go get the boys together and go shake them down. We're gonna like it should be on paper before we go arrest somebody. Yeah, you gotta you know call your mom to say oh, okay we're at the movie theaters. <laughs> I won't be answering my phone for the next. No, two hours. I mean <laughs> tell every other Jedi master you know. By the way, there's a master Sith Lord. We're gonna go get him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's there are some serious flaws with the Jedi's. You don't say. Yeah, with their, I guess, their old organization. But I do have to like, kind of want to talk about the Order 66. I wanted you to kind of break that down. Tell me what it is. Execution. Tell me why it's called that. Tell me the history of Order 66. Oh, the Order 66 itself. Uh, it's um, The clones have a specific set of requirements or values thought processes yeah. black and white switches in their head essentially so they can be programmed the same way a computer would to a degree right and so they have been programmed with a series of commands that they are they 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 have a literal chip a microchip inserted into them that does not allow them to go against these commands yes and so if one of those commands is enacted order 66 for example then they will not apply anything like in terms of their job is to protect the Jedi and the Republic and the Senate because that's all part of the Republic side. Right. Order 66 is the switch that removes the Jedi from that list. Okay. Essentially. Yes. And so it's the, under the most ridiculous of circumstances, Order 66, if you get an Order 66, then you got to kill the Jedi because they, right. it, they absolutely are guilty. There's no way they're they not. They don't make the cut. Yeah. I think there's an Order 65 that's kill Palpatine. Oh, wow. May you not just be, put that in there as it, a decoy. Yeah, it might not be like a 65, and maybe he didn't put it in. I don't, but I think he did. If I remember correctly, there is an, an order equivalent, but the only person who could issue it would be him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it's, true. It's just a little bit of posture. It's really no threat. <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. And, it's really it's very sad when it happens, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very kind of scary 
do we do we lend any credence to the idea that these Jedi, much like Yoda did, should have been able to defend themselves against some some encroaching battle droids? Well, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is because I wanted to mention how specifically I think they did a good job of the vehicular kills. Yes. I thought, oh, I know when those two speeders go back and yes. shoot forward. I know. That was kind of cool. Very cool. And when they kill Plo Koon uh, by, like, they're in... Uh, Starfighters. Cle- yeah, they're, yeah, they're in Starfighters and they're clearly navigating a tight space. And if, you have, if you're shooting other people and there's other people shooting you, if the guys behind you who are supposed to support you shoot you, there's nothing you can do. Right. And also, if you have some kind of force sense that someone is trying to shoot you, you're not going to assume it's your own team. Exactly. It's yeah. just not going to make sense. Like, Coyote Mundi gets a few blocks in. He should get more in. I think so. He should get a lot more in. Right. Uh, he's also extremely proficient with a lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, and seeing as he's someone who's never went up against a Sith, you would assume that proficiency would be kind of come in handy with blaster fire right but that head of his is kind of like it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel he got shot in the stomach well that's crazy then he's got a 12 head although i do have to say uh the clones i think had a gatling gun okay so those were those blaster fires were coming at a ridiculous pace they are yes (laughs) (laughs) so that's a little hard right um but i mean as an overall uh there's um one of the deaths I, i won't say in specific because it has implications to some of my trivia. Okay. Um, but one of the deaths is is super, super lame and stupid. Yeah. Um, it's a very colorful one. Right. Oh, I think that was... I think we have maybe the same trivia. Name the Twi'lek who's killed in the jungle. Oh. <laughs> Alice Sakura? Yeah. Yeah, that was my, my master question. On Felucia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got that one out of the way. Hey, I want to talk about Bail Organa a little bit. Mm. Organa. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters in all of extended Star Wars. He's great. He's awesome. But And he was really good in this 20. He was really badass and really prominent in this 20. But this 20 kind of reminded me that he's really undervalued and underserved in this movie in general. They really should have made him a cool character that you're really rooting for through this whole movie. I want him to be one of the main characters of Cassian. That'd be cool. I want him to be the chief who is sending Cassian out on his missions. Right. He is the kind of... The leader of that republic fact of that rebellious faction, and he was. So uh, he would he would have adopted Leia by that point, though. Yes, he'd have Leia at the end of this movie. So no, I know, but uh, Cassian is post Revenge of the Sith, obviously. Yes, he's I think uh, probably at this point um, like an early teenager. Okay, Cassian uh, and his family was fighting on the separatist side, actually. Right, uh, and so I just, I think that could be kind of an interesting angle, and I'd love to see more about that character. It allows you to pay a little bit more homage to Leia. You can have her mentioned, but that way you also don't need to put her in because he's not about to bring in his like 14 or 10-year-old daughter or whatever right. the age point is. If they, I, I think definitely, if they put uh, Bail Organa in Cassian, will they use Jimmy Smith's? Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's great. He was in Rogue One. No, I know, but it was a small little clip. Yeah, but I mean, it also, it, it lends credit to the fact that he was associated with like Cassian's part of the Rebel Alliance too. Right. Uh, and that it wasn't like Cassian wasn't off working with like, Cham Syndulla or something like that. He was that specific part of the rebellion. We get a cool shot in this 20 of him walking through a white hallway, and it's very clear A New Hope vibes. Yeah, they're on the Tantive before. Yeah. So, That's uh, purposeful. Yeah, and they have um, Ramus Antilles is standing next to him. Oh. So he's the guy who Vader chokes out in the first few seconds of A New Hope. Wow. So they do a pretty good job. He's... What a waste this movie was. What a shame they didn't take more advantage of some of this. It's a shame because that's a really good scene uh, in that it's got kind of like that cool kind of throwback to it. But one of the best scenes and one of the most important scenes in this entire movie was cut. 
Yeah. And it's a meeting between Padme, Bail Organa, Mon Mothma, and Ramus Antilles, and a couple other people who are senators. And they're talking about their distrust in Palpatine. And oh, why would they cut that? The need for the war to end, and that it's clearly dragging on for his self serving purposes. And that potentially there needs to be a different faction created to overthrow this government. Right. <laughs> Why would they cut that? They, they literally plant that Padme, Padme is one of the inceptors of the idea of the Rebel Alliance. Leia goes off and runs it while Vader goes off and runs the Empire. Right. And then Luke goes up to defeat. It, it, it makes everything fit so perfectly with the Padme, Leia, and just that whole Skywalker family. Yeah. It's such a waste. That's a terrible shame. It's a real, real shame because also, uh, I forget who, what her name is, the actress, um, but she played Mon Mothma in this. And then she got recast again a decade later in Rogue, in Rogue, One. Rogue One. Well, because she just looks so bang on. Because she looks so much like her. It's, it's perfect. crazy. Actually, we get a, qu- a quick... Um, Tarkin clip in this movie, don't we? Yeah, it's okay. from a real distance. Yeah, it's at the very end. Um, he kind of walks away f- to leave uh, Vader and Palpatine, and it's a wide shot, gazing at the the Death Star's creation, which is it's a wide shot, and the Death Star would not be that far along. Exactly. I, we'll get to that in a couple <laughs> weeks. But that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's an annoying one, but a little one. Okay, Anakin Hayden Christensen actually does some of his best acting in his two movies in this twenty. Yeah, I want to talk about his scene in particular with Padme. Well, his I've actually found him really eerie and kind of perfectly evil. Like when he assures her everything will be right. What's the line exactly? Um, Have faith, my love. Everything will be set right. He says it almost with this smile on his face, which I thought was well cho- well chosen. Mm. And it's interesting because. Like, I couldn't either at first, but it's true. I saw Master Windu attempt to assassinate the Chancellor myself. Which is true. Yeah. Like, he has already convinced himself that what he saw was right. And the way he describes it, it really makes his turn believable. Yes. It makes his betrayal of the Jedi and his decision to side with the Republic make sense. The unfortunate part is the disconnect between that and murdering children. Yes. And it just that's, doesn't add up. Exactly. Like, totally get it. You want to, you like, Obi Wan is my friend. I hope he still has allegiance to Palpatine because that would mean great. I get to keep my friend. Right. But if not, push comes to shove, I'll do what I must. Um, this is kind of a weird instance it's because as soon quick. as you see Obi-Wan, you are so eager to say, you brought him here to kill me. You know, like, <laughs> like yes, he, he's too back and forth. Whereas this is a really, really, like this, like two minute conversation needs to be a half an hour of Anakin. Right. To well, see that like real change. He's Jekyll hiding right now. Like we see his red eyes a little bit later. Like that's when the he's, yellow eyes. Yeah. Yellow eyes. It's almost like Anakin, as Yoda says, is not there when the yellow eyes are there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And that's kind of true right down to the end of Return of the Jedi. Like, he goes from being evil and wanting power to suddenly having empathy and love. Well, one of the uh, interesting points, and this is one of the more subtle notes that's excellent in uh, in one of the, I guess not the next 20, but the 20 after, the final 20, um, and that's when he loses his limbs and he's crying out for help to Obi-Wan. Right. His eyes turn blue and his eyes oh. stay blue. And when he says, I hate you, then they turn yellow. They turn yellow. 
That's so interesting. Like, it, it, like it, it gets them. And he, it's really on the nose, like, really, like, the, the internal war of good and evil that's always been within him. Exactly. And they show it, they really, really do a good job in the novels of showing the divide of character in the head yeah. of Anakin. Right. They're not the same person. Right. Like, he he refuses to acknowledge them as the same person. I believe Anakin Skywalker is actually, and I, I don't remember if I'm remembering this correctly, but... I believe he was regarded in history as not being one of the betraying Jedi. Okay, he's a hero? So he, he died yeah. in the Clone Wars. Yeah. On paper, Anakin Skywalker dies during the Clone Wars. Interesting. But I believe his records don't have him as a traitor. Okay. And so Palpatine specifically didn't want the legacy of Anakin tarnished, but Anakin wanted Anakin dead. Yeah. He was no way, shape, or form existing. That think, guy is dead and I gone. I think maybe they need to explore that in episode nine. Well, I mean, if they're going to, it's going to, it's already done. The idea That's of, of a rumor. yeah, the good and the evil being very two distinct, divisible characters. Well, that's interesting because you don't see it necessarily in Kylo. No. You see conflict within in a different way with Kylo. Right. You see a good guy trying to be bad. Yes. Whereas Anakin was a, bad a good guy. guy who becomes bad. Yeah, but he was also a bad guy trying to be good. No, Anakin is a good guy. Anakin is a hardcore good guy until the end, until he becomes... Then why did they sense all this darkness in him? Because it came from fear. I guess. You could be afraid and an amazing person, but if you're that powerful and have fear linked to attachments... You're dangerous. You're dangerous. Right. And so... He's just extremely volatile. Right. Uh, he's an incredibly powerful resource, but volatile. Whereas I think that's an interesting one with Kylo Ren because you have this as a... He is a good guy. There's, yeah. there's no two ways about it. He is a good guy. He doesn't have yellow eyes. He is not consumed. You're right. He is definitely... He's putting up a front. Yeah. Um, but Anakin was distinctly different. And so this was a very... Um, this was seen in the the artwork of uh, the Force Awakens concept, and it was an idea that was eventually cut. It was believed to have been around, potentially still when George Lucas was involved. Uh, potentially, it was one of JJ's early things past that point. Uh, but it's a mixed Force ghost, right? So it's a divided Force ghost that's both Anakin and Vader. Oh wow! And so it's kind of the initial drawings had it semi cyborg like. Mm -hmm. However, potentially there's some new rumors now that it's not so much cyborg like but that it's um, destroyed Anakin. So it's an older, yellow-eyed, burnt-faced, half and then half young Anakin Force Ghost. Right. So it's it's still him both ways. It's not cyborged, but you see the division of Anakin as Anakin Skywalker and the man in the suit that was Vader. Yes. So that's kind of that's been rumored around that potentially that force ghost could come to Kylo. Oh. A truly divided force ghost, whereas Anakin's force ghost was saved by Obi Wan and Yoda, mm -hmm. but potentially Vader learned the powers of the Jedi because yeah. he was a Jedi previously. Potentially, he went out and he found how to also live beyond and into the, and that also plays into the. I will finish what you started. Yes. Well, and also, you bring up an interesting point I've never thought of before. Uh, living on forever as a force ghost, mm. more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Exactly. Um, can a force ghost 
inhabit a body or a droid? Like, can can a Force ghost again have a body? Well, that was also what some people believed uh, Snoke was. Right. Some people believe Snoke was that of Palpatine, and that Palpatine um, was weak, uh, and or that Plagueis was weak after mm-hmm. uh, Palpatine killed him, quote unquote, and that they needed to retreat, gather strength, and a la Voldemort, consume a new body. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so potentially, and what a lot of people believed with Snoke early on, and it still could be the case, the way he was groomed, the way Kylo Ren groomed was groomed by Snoke, yeah. and the way Snoke spoke about him as a weapon. It felt the same. It felt very much as, I cannot wait for you to be physically ready for me to steal your body. Yes. Because you are so powerful. Yes. And I cannot wait to have Skywalker blood with my mind. Yeah. Basically by like, the only way I'm going to beat you is to train you, steal your body. Inhabit you. Inhabit you. And the two of us together will take on Luke Skywalker. Truly together. Yeah. Truly together. And so potentially, Kylo Ren's not evil. Snoke got to him. Yeah. Means he's, Snoke got to him. He's the infection. He's like the... He's the plague. Yeah. That's why I want it to be Plagueis. It works uh, perfectly on every that's level. so good. It that's really so does. so good. It does. Yeah. Uh, that's not so much the rumor. The rumor being the mixed force ghost part. Um, but I still... And the Plagueis thing is nowhere, nowhere in the theory world now for some reason. I still... I, I have to hang on it. it. Just It makes too much sense. Yeah, it does. Anyway, back to the 20. Okay, so you mentioned uh, slaughtering of kids. Just while we're talking about dead kids, who is the kid who swings in and tries to rescue Bail Organa? That is Zet Jukasa. And why does he do that? Uh, because he is being heroic, like yeah, a Jedi would. But then he dies. Uh, it is George Lucas' son. Oh, it is? Yeah. Zet Jukasa is Jet Lucas. <laughs> oh, God, that's so creepy. That's so cringy. Yeah. Zet Jukasa. Yeah. But I don't know. It sounds like a super Star Wars name. It kind of does. Uh, the uh, the leader of the Jedi Temple Guards, who is the f- canonically the first uh, Jedi that Anakin kills. Yes. Uh, his name is Sindralig. Sindralig was one of the lightsaber coordinators on the prequel trilogy. Uh, his name was Nick Gillard, spelled backwards oh, Sindralig. <laughs> These do sound like Star Warsy names. They do, but it's the kind of it's just it's really funny to even think about like. Sindralig. Oh, yeah, that works. Just spell Nick Gillard and change a couple of the letters to be a different version of that one. Like, Zet Jukasa is not, like, exactly all the letters that would be the same for Jet Lucas, but that just allows it to be kind of similar-ish. My only other question is, how sustainable really is Mustafar as an enemy base? Because really, it just looks sinister, Mm -hmm. and that's a a little too perfect. Yeah. It's a little over the top, but, I mean... It's just kind of like a Mount Doom. Yeah, what are you supposed to do, though? I mean, George Lucas apparently from before, like back in like the 80s, like when Darth Vader was initially a concept. When right. He, when, he, when he knew Vader was a human being, Vader was always supposed to have fallen into a pit of lava after a fight with Obi-Wan. Right. So George Lucas has had that had that in his mind for well, thirty years. That's true. Years. That's what happens. And yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah. So he just he knew he, he knew he wanted the lava to be what burns him up. Okay. And so he just worked from that. All right. Um. So 
George Lucas had a lot of those little ideas that you can so clearly see shaped a lot of the movie that he just wanted to do that thing and would do anything to make it fit within the story. Well, I would almost argue that, no, to George Lucas, this is very real. And he, if he has decided decades gone by that this is what happened to him, he can't rewrite that in his head. No, I love that. Yeah. I 100% love that. Where I don't like things are things like, for example, I believe the Senate is designed for a fight. Yes. I do believe that room is it's designed obvious, yeah. for the, the end fight scene. And there are a lot of things like that in the prequels sure. where things are created to serve something else. Yeah. And well, I love a lot of those things that George Lucas does, and I love the emphasis that he puts on them, but there are certain ones... That are obvious. That are just so obviously a bad setup to get to the thing that we all want. Right. And then sometimes that thing we all wanted wasn't even executed well. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any other quotes that you wanted to stick in? Because we've kind of touched on most of them. I mean, we have a, um, when my new apprentice Darth Vader arrives, he'll take care of you. Like, that's a little bit. Doesn't so, that sound like a threat to you? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Yoda, uh, if into the security recordings you go, only pain will you find. Does Yoda already know at this point that Anakin has turned? It's very, in my opinion, I see it as he checked the, the tapes already <laughs> and was trying to, no, like, like while yeah. Obi-Wan was resetting it, he checks the tapes and tries to get Obi-Wan out of there as soon as possible so yeah. he doesn't have to show him. That's right. Um, and then there's also kind of the exchange uh, Yoda has with Obi-Wan. Destroy the Sith. We must. Send me to kill the Emperor. I will not kill Anakin. To fight this Lord Sidious strong enough, you are not. He is like my brother. I cannot do it. Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. The boy you trained, gone he is, consumed by Darth Vader. Yeah, that is, it's so sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, how about trivia? We've each uh, spent one of our trivia questions already, I think. Yes. How long does Padme tell Obi-Wan it's been since she has seen Anakin? I don't know, a few hours? Since yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, so I'm yesterday. Okay, name two of the planets in the Order 66 montage. Oh, no. Okay. Coruscant? When? (laughs) Uh... With Bail Organa on the on the platform, yes, that's Coruscant. And then I don't really count that because he's not a Jedi. No, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. Why were they chasing after him? I guess they weren't going to kill him necessarily. They were just telling him, you gotta, "Yeah, you got to go." Yeah, they were just telling him to to fuck off. So really, George Lucas's son shouldn't have even shown up. He wasn't rescuing anybody. No, he, he was just, just swooped in and died. <laughs> yeah. What a dumbass. And then Bail Organa's like, no, this kid yeah. just killed himself for me. Yeah. Is that Jakukas? <laughs> What's his name? Jukasa, I believe. Jukasa, yeah. Jakukas. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what that big, uh, flowery, colorful planet is called. I did mention it earlier in the episode. You did? What yeah. is it? It's Felucia. Felucia. No, I would never have guessed that. And then, I mean, Kashyyyk. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting you to say Kashyyyk, and then I was hoping you'd get one of the other ones. Uh, which leads me nicely to my other question. Uh, what is the name of the other Wookiee who Yoda bids goodbye along with Chewbacca? Tarful. Tarful. Goodbye, Tarful. Goodbye, Chewbacca. Miss you. I will. Who, who's Tarful? Also male. Yeah. Kind of more of a warrior when you look at his face. He's a little more grizzled than yeah, Chewie. Yeah, definitely looks a little older. I don't like that it's Chewie. No, I think it's silly. It's stupid. It doesn't. It doesn't really suit... 
the Chewie we know later. It's not like 3PO who's had his mind wiped. No. He shouldn't, like, he should be the one who looks at Han when Han's talking about the Force and is like, and basically saying, no, it's true, Han. You're so right. He sh- he would believe in the Force. Yeah, he would be like, no, you're an idiot, man. I've seen some crazy shit. Yeah. Like, I you know, would not believe. I know Yoda. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I literally know Yoda. It's legit. Yeah, you know that, like fairy tale green creature man like I, I met him once no you didn't man where is he living <laughs> i don't know send pics so it didn't happen that's right pics didn't happen. well it's also problematic that anybody doesn't believe in the force when it existed prominently like 30 years ago yeah well that is a st- 20 years ago prominently no and this is something that's a little hard if you think about it how many people uh, are on earth seven billion approximately yeah uh so say if okay seven billion if there's, let's just throw out a random number, 40 planets in the galaxy yeah. far, far away, uh, just because there seems to be a lot and they'll continue adding them. So uh, let's say there's 40 planets and let's say each of those is a population of 3 billion. Let's go a little less than half of Earth. Okay. It would definitely be higher than that. Yeah. So now we're t- looking at what, like 120 billion? Sure. So it's 120 billion people. There's about 10,000 Jedi. I know, but they also ran the Galactic em- the Senate for for decades, no, centuries. They were like, they were your black ops and your generals. I guess, but it's also written in history. It's yeah. only well, no, been no, no, twenty no, no. years. No, no, no. It's not written in history. It was erased. It is scrubbed. Oh, that's interesting. Palpatine hardcore scrubs it from history. Well, and, and then the thing I guess is the he Jedi also... keep the majority of their history within the Jedi. That's true. And so they're because of their cult-like status and their kind of internalization of their culture and essentially only making themselves available to help the galaxy through the Republic. Right. That's what put them in the perfect position for Palpatine. Yeah. And he just brainwashes everybody anyway. Exactly. He can make them believe anything he says. Okay. Again, feels very familiar. (laughs) Uh, name three of the Jedi who die during Order 66 in that uh, montage. Okay. Uh, definitely Isla Sakura. Oh, that's right. I already gave you that one. Coyote Mundi. Plo Koon. Yeah, well done. Do you have any other observations about this 20 before we move on to news? Because we're really running long. Uh, just one more trivia question. Uh, what is the emergency code that uh, Bail Organa gives that calls Obi-Wan back to his ship? I'll know it when I hear it, hey? Mm, probably not. No? Maybe. Okay, I don't know. 913. <laughs> no. Is there anything significant about that number? I don't think so. What about 66? Is there anything like lore related to the number 66, or is it probably just a random number? It was probably chosen because it's the demon or the devil's number. Right. Um, yes, of course. It's but, evil. yeah, I, I, I think it stands enough on its own that they wouldn't want to use, like, order 421. That would just be annoying. That's true. That's true. Okay, uh, well, it's been a couple of weeks since we had a podcast, so what's going on in the world of Star Wars? Uh, a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Johnson uh, was released that he was not going to do his trilogy, and then he sent out a Twitter uh, tweet saying, well, that's just not true. Uh, I'm working on it right now. <laughs> uh, so these. So someone got the press release wrong. Yes, but it's kind of... I, after listening to all of the Star Wars podcasts out there and hearing the theories that people have had... What it probably was, was people assuming maybe it happened because they hadn't heard anything. Yeah. 
and trying to break the story, hoping it would break the story. Oh, okay. As opposed in that they would be like, oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And just it was a shot in the dark that missed maybe. Right. Okay. So it could have been that. Uh, it was like the Super Bros media outlet or something like that. Ryan Johnson came back with a very funny tweet of like, uh, I don't doubt uh, their fraternal dedication uh, <laughs> as like right. the Super Bros, but... I'm still working on my movie. I like Ryan Johnson. I'm a bit of a Ryan Johnson apologist. I like The Last Jedi. Yeah. But I do think that when all is said and done, this trilogy, that movie will stand out as not really fitting as well. Because J.J.'s vision is specific and his two movies are going to be better than it. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of things with The Last Jedi that are great. Yep. Uh, Everything for me, everything with Kylo, Rey, and Luke is perfect. Yep. I didn't like Leia Poppins. No. And we all know that the... Finn and Rose are stupid. Finn and Rose have no chemistry and that that plot line was crap. It was. Um, So yeah, The Last Jedi is is an interesting one in that regard. But the reason why people got pissy about it... Is Luke. Is the majority of them was for the Luke reason. I mean, not everybody. Some people didn't like it because they felt like Canto Bite was 45 minutes of nothing, which it kind of was. And without a doubt... It was a solid 12 minutes too long. It doesn't ruin the movie. But it doesn't ruin the movie. And that's kind of where the key thing for me is, is some people don't think he understands the Force, that he respected Star Wars. Ryan Johnson didn't come up with anything. No, I know. He has, like, the reason why it's so great, and I have mega mega respect for him, was uh, they released books based on the Force itself. And George Lucas approved books. Yep. uh, Right around the time that Disney was buying Star Wars, but not before but before The Force Awakens was announced. But what is it about Luke that people have a problem with? What do they think that he did to bastardize that character? But people think mostly just because Luke was the optimist of the original trilogy. Uh, and oh, I know, it's ridiculous. The whole point is... The story is he lost his optimism. Why is yeah, that so struggling? It, oh, it, it rhymes. That's the whole... Like yeah. He's supposed to now be the hermit. Uh, he has the Obi-Wan... Uh, well, then the Emperor's already won. Uh, he's supposed to now be the pessimist. I it, don't see why that's so problematic for people. Well, because he is, the whole point is he, uh, uh, people like to think that his decision to save Vader no matter what means that he should never have given up on Kylo Ren. He never should have given up on Ben. Right. That goes against that he was the only one willing to save Vader and he was almost going to, he was going to murder Ben. Yeah. But yeah, that was, where, it was a little weird. That While it's weird, I think the line that what am I supposed to do? Go up against the First Order with my laser sword and take yeah. on. I think that embodies it perfectly. Yeah. Because it does show, wait a minute. I never wanted to fight a war. Right. My sister fought the war. Right. I didn't fight the war. Right. I just saved my dad. Yeah. I got lucky. I, I got called in last minute and I blew up the Death Star. Right. I saved my dad. Like. I'm not a warrior. I threw away my lightsaber when I had the confrontation with the Emperor. This is not who I am. Right. And literally, his final grand act is to pull the wool over Kylo Ren's eyes while every one of his friends gets away. Yes. It works perfectly. Some people don't like that, and that's fine. There's also just something to be said about losing your optimism as you get older, and that's true yeah. for people on Earth. And in the case of Luke... If once you've defeated one evil exactly. with with love, and then you come to learn that there's always another evil lurking around the corner, that makes you cynical. From his own family. Yeah. Basically like, well, my sister and I are the only ones of our bloodline because that, our father was the only was the first 
person from our bloodline. Right, but our, our, also our family is going to continue to produce evil. Exactly. Which is discouraging. Yeah, it is. But then it's Luke's realization at the end that he can inspire hope the same way that Kylo can inspire fear. Right. And that same way. And, and it's great. And I, I love it. But all of this I'm trying to say is people dislike it mostly for a lack of respect to a current thing that they have loved for a long which period of time. Which is misguided. Which is misguided. But if Ryan Johnson does his own trilogy, the whole point is that it'll be with brand new characters. Yep. It'll be set at a different time mm-hmm. or in a different place. There was a rumor out there. I don't even know where I saw it. I probably read it as a garbage rumor probably. But it was thrown out there that it potentially takes place around the time of the invention of the of hyperspace or the discovery of hyperspace. Right. I heard that too. And so that's a cool time period. Yep. That's not going back as far as we want Benioff and Weiss to go back with really hardcore old Republic. But maybe that's kind of the middle ground. And that way... None of the trilogies are going to interact with the characters that are possible. Yoda will be alive maybe in this one, yep. but you're not going to have much of that. I don't know. I think the things people disliked about Ryan Johnson, I don't like, dislike them, but I think they won't even apply. As long as they have a good attitude about him in general. Star Wars fans are forgiving. I guess so. Star Wars fans are... There's so many obnoxious Star Wars fans, but even the most obnoxious are forgiving yep. because they're the ones who will literally... Like write a death threat to George Lucas and then defend punch him. a baby to get his autograph. Absolutely. Uh, so like there are some people out there, but also in that same vein, the people who hated Lucas for what he did to the prequels, who miss him so dearly because the only reason they hated the prequels was because they thought it was the last thing they were ever going to get. Right. And yeah. now that they get Star Wars again, they're like, "This isn't Star Wars. I wanted George Lucas's Star Wars." Yeah. Which George Lucas has built this world enough that it will always be George Lucas's Star sure. Wars. Yeah. And so that's kind of the way you have to look at it. Benioff and Weiss are going to do a trilogy. Yes. So that's it was announced confirmed. by an accident via HBO that their contract is for a trilogy because they were trying to determine like on the potential of Benioff and Weiss coming back to HBO. Um, and oh, but yeah. they're not, right? Well, the whole point was it was an accident. Yeah. The, so the guy offhandedly mentioned they were doing a trilogy. Like maybe Benioff and Weiss when they're done their trilogy. Okay. Uh, and so... I think this is great because it's not jumping the gun. It's setting up a plan that there are going to be three movies that we'll have some time to get to know these characters. And to your point, it's really good if Star Wars stories can be told in three parts. Yeah. They as need- often as possible. Absolutely. And I think that's the way it should be done. And you can do that here and you can do three movies. And if they're good, you don't need to take any time at all. You can do another trilogy right after. Right. I personally, like, you don't need to give any weight now. Uh, if we want to do the movies of Star Wars in trilogies... We make them like the episodes. You can get the crawl back. You can get all of it back. You can get that full Star Wars feel. Like when you enter a theater and hear the grand, as opposed to like the quiet we get at Solo or the big like screech we get at the start of Rogue One. Right. We can get that epic feel back. It'll just be Star Wars, Old Republic, episode one. But uh, something just something small and different and it'll allow you to get so much of the Star Wars vibe back right. that we miss from the trilogy elements of what Star Wars is. Yeah. is because you get to see something take place over several years. But you think they're going to do an episode 10 someday. Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't think in necessarily a business it makes sense. I think you're crazy if they think they won't do that. And also, well, here's the thing. Where are you going? I don't, I don't know. I think because it's impossible to say that right you now. You 100% have to continue to follow... The somebody, Skywalkers. Somebody. The Skywalkers. No, no, somebody. But then what's the point? They can do something, Ross, at the end of episode nine to tease us with, 
yeah, the Skywalker story is over, but yeah. Ray, like she's part of this story. They can She is now part of this story, yeah. but then you have a decision to make. Do you continue on or do you leave well enough alone? And I think you leave well enough alone. Have they has Disney ever left well enough alone? But think about it. It's not something where you're like you can continue on Star Wars and you can build like these massive, massive things. And like I'm not saying that this is like going against the idea of doing an episode ten, because for God's sakes, they'll give us an episode ten in twenty years. They probably will. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Yeah. But there is something to be said about planning on there not being an episode ten. Because where does Star Wars go? Do you get an episode 20 one day? Do you go that far? Where are you eventually going to stop? Because eventually the Skywalker saga and these characters just don't make any fucking sense anymore. Right. Because the repetition becomes idiotic eventually. I know. So one rumor that I heard this morning kind of sheds a potential bit of light as to how they may go in the future. And that would be that there is word out that three potential Disney Plus TV shows for Star Wars are going to be added to the roster. Whoa, that's a lot. If you hear them, you'll love them. Okay. Well, I do know that they just canceled Jessica Jones and Punisher. They did. Uh, so we there's a couple Marvel ones, and there's the Cassian and the Mandalorian. Uh, but rumored are that there will be a Lando limited <sighs> series. With Donald Glover? Yeah. Wow. So I'd be surprised if he wants to do that, to be honest. The thing is, with these limited series... Uh, the Mandalorian's eight episodes. This might be eight episodes. Yep. Which is, what is it? Eight episodes, about 40 minutes an episode. So we're looking at, it's it's not a full trilogy length of right. movies, but right. it's a little less. Yep. And potentially if you get two seasons, 16 episodes, that's not that much. That's a pretty small commitment, reasonably, in the sense that you can space it over time for a guy like him. And I don't necessarily know if I need more than 16 episodes that are 45 minutes of a really, really good story. I'm just saying, he's like, he's kind of motivated by by art. And he he's is, already had kind of a bummer experience with Star Wars. He is motivated by art, but it's also Star Wars. Yep. And a guy like him would make sure he had some say. It'd be a good way to get rich, that's for sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, also, it's... Like, he's already becoming this mega, mega sensation superstar. Yep. This adds to his blockbuster yep. ability. Even though it's a TV show, it will allow him to command more money in the yep. box office, I think. Definitely. So I think that could be part of it. Uh, this one's also rumored, but my guess is this is a rumor that is contingent mm-hmm. and that it would be another, it would be a Kira show. I'm, I'm so curious about that. I am too. And I think it would be contingent because I don't think they would ever do it until they announced at least announced, mm-hmm. but I don't think they would even do it until they aired a Lando episode. Okay. Because like, maybe they'll keep it like secret in production or who knows what, but I think they need to test if that solo water is dead and Lando can maybe, but if like, if Lando is a surprise and does poorly, mm-hmm. like if people just don't like re- come out to see it, then there's no one who's going to come out and see Kira. Right. No one. That's true. So I would be, it, it just doesn't make any sense in my opinion to plan and do both of those at the same time without testing Lando first. Yes. But the best rumor of all of them, and who knows if it'll happen, maybe it's a total bullshit rumor, probably is, but if it's not, it would be amazing. And that would be a limited Poe and Finn series. Oh yeah, that would be so great. That would be awesome. With like a bit of a comedy in it, like not too dark, right? Yeah, no, you don't need to make it too dark. Right. And like it allows you to, like who knows what you can explore. But 
this is where it gets interesting because it's opening up the galaxy beyond episode nine. Yes. We've never had Star Wars exist where we were going to continue moving forward. Now, this is assuming both of those guys survive episode nine, which I'm not convinced by. Well, that's also another thing. If this rumor is true, then they very, 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 well, no, they, they do because they're not going to stick it between episodes eight and nine. Right. This TV show. So then that would imply that they do survive. Right. Um, but I also think they probably should. Uh, who knows, man? I'm of the mindset that think about, think about the original trilogy and the way that we love the original trilogy. Yep. George Lucas was so adamant on not killing Han Solo because that's just not what Star Wars is. The good guys win. Mm-hmm. And that's what was nice about Revenge of the Sith because the good guys don't win. But you know at the end of the day, the good guys are going to win. Qui-Gon Jinn didn't win. Qui-Gon Jinn didn't win, but that's part of the whole tale. And so... And Order 66 is all about the bad guys winning. I yeah, mean, I, mean, I realize I, that's setting up what we know is to happen. Well, exactly. But. And you can even say look, the best movie of all of them is literally called The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, you're right. It's basically, hey, the bad guys win this one. Right. But at the end, there is a happy victory. Mm-hmm. And there's your trio. There's your big, there's your big three. J.J. was initially going to kill Poe at the start of The Force Awakens. Uh, okay. But that's not, it doesn't really make him a character in the story. <laughs> well, no, but he fell in love with him. And so he put him. Yeah. That's the reason why Poe isn't in the Last like, Jedi? It's, no, it's the reason why he's not in the next hour of The Force Awakens. Right. Like, he's in the first 25 minutes, and then he doesn't show up again until he's somehow alive. You're right. Um, out of nowhere. Oh, that's true. He does die, and then he comes back to life. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that. So, yeah. I just, it, it may be, it's kind of weird that if they already saved his life, JJ, I don't think he's going to kill him now. Yeah, now. But um, Finn, and Finn almost died in, at the end of Last Jedi. Yeah, it that's does, a good point, and that doesn't really fit. And there no, there's a zero percent chance they'll kill Ray. And if they kill Ben, then there's no need. You can do a sacrifice. Like I think Lando might die. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That would hurt. Yeah. But also, like, it's it's kind of. I would love it if he went out in style. It, yeah. And like, if he was just like and died a hero. Yeah, and like, kind of pulled a little bit of a holdo. Yeah. A picture went around of uh daisy ridley john boyega and oscar isaac hugging like, like hugging because uh, jj had tweeted that it was the last day in production it was last day in production well for it, principal photography yeah and so he pulled a photo from when they were in jordan uh just the three of them doing a group hug and ray is holding her staff mm-hmm. but it doesn't make any sense because the angle the staff is on would mean that the staff is only about three and a half feet tall eh, you say that but i we already talked about this and i didn't really see it that way it's very obscured it's, but it's so clearly on an angle that isn't that, it's not on an extreme angle at all. Okay. And it's a good foot and a half shorter than her, and she's a foot and a half tall, it's a foot and a half taller than her. Right. So it's too extreme given the angle. I don't know, but the top of her staff has always looked like a lightsaber. Yes. It has always looked like a lightsaber. True. So it would be potentially cool if the parts she needed to fix the Graflex were from her staff. Yeah, that would be very cool. That could be kind of a cool way to integrate the two weapons she's used. And um, that's about it, probably. Yeah, that is about it. Ian McDermott's going to be at Star Wars Celebration. Um, and, uh, yeah, The Mandalorian has also finished shooting. Right. And, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's all the news. Birthday wishes last Wednesday, February 13th. A happy birthday to Pernilla August, who played Shmi Skywalker. Huh. On the 19th, Benicio Del Toro having a birthday. 
And on the 21st, Anthony Daniels. Ah, maybe Anthony Daniels was just getting us hyped for his birthday. Really psyched about his probably 68th birthday or however old he is. God. Happy birthday to those Star Wars family members. Uh, We have two uh, segments left, I think, in this season. Yes. So there's going to be lots happening in those two. If you want to be caught up to us uh, by the time we do a podcast next week, watch, uh, I guess, basically the first two hours, maybe a couple of minutes shy, the first two hours of Star Wars Episode Three. In the meantime, uh, send along your thoughts about this episode on Twitter at Recorder66 or email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on iTunes. And until we are together again... May the force be with you.